Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we're going to have some fun. We're going to be talking about how our listeners can start their own cults. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Step-by-step guide here today on this show. That's right. Uh, yeah, take notes. We'll be able to have you up and running in no time at all. <clears throat> And then when you're done, you'll be able to write your own book without even typing a keyboard whatsoever. Yeah, we do request a small donation. (laughs) That's right. That's right. The information that we're giving is definitely worth the price that you're paying. Yeah. Or should. (laughs) You could leave us a review over on wherever you listen to podcasts if you want. That's right. We don't have many of those. Yeah. Despite being doing this for four years. (laughs) We'll take them. We're yeah, not ashamed. Yeah. We're not ashamed to solicit reviews. Yeah, so we'll talk about um, yeah how to be a how to be a cult leader. Got some interesting. Got a couple other little things. Um, you found a cool another AI tool. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a little teaser to get the show right before we go into our juvenile beer talk segment. Yep. We're going to reveal the number one most popular book and course in prison. Ooh. Yeah, this is this was enlightening Surprised to me. me when I saw that. Uh, yeah, me too. And it's so. pretty much like on demand. I didn't realize this. Like people are waiting in line to, yeah. to take this course. Yeah. So <laughs> be prison. thinking about that as you listen. Like what, what would be the number one course inmates would be staying in line wanting to take yep you know that's that's the question absolutely all right well let's uh let's do a little juvenile beer talk mm. you said right. you're excited about whatever you have today i'm a little excited about mine as well so okay. we'll see where they land on the spectrum all right well i will begin by sharing mine for our listening audience or our watching audience <laughs> I have a blueberry barrel wheat from Kentucky from the, the, the makers up in Lexington Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, haven't had this one before. So uh, had quite a few of these, but not a blueberry wheat to my yeah. recollection. I know, well, it was just released last year, so I know I didn't have it. Um, 8% ABV. It says... Uh, this uh, Kentucky blueberry barrel wheat is an American wheat ale style with light multi notes and sweet blueberry fruit taste. It's well balanced with a hint of tartness and crisp finish, crisp citrus finish. Okay. I'm always a sucker for blue, for uh, some blueberries, especially during the summer. So. Yeah. So blueberry barrel wheat. So is it aged in barrels? Doesn't say really, but. Seems like it might be. That's their that's their thing, man. I th- I'm I pretty know, sure it's their thing. So it almost has to be. <laughs> I say it on the screen though, wheat. does it? I didn't know you could put wheat ale in a barrel, but I guess you put anything in a barrel these days. Oh, I'll be able to tell you for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, eight percent. It would make sense that there's a some aging going on with the alcohol mm-hmm. or something. So, yep. Well, we're uh, we're we're on a similar page here as far as. Um, Types of beer, so I had mine. So I'm, mine is from Martin House Brewing, which I've had in quite a few times. Uh, don't have a picture of the beer here, but I do have a picture in my uh, 
with the can. I'll just hold it up to the screen here. It is called Sweet Magnolia. Sweet Magnolia. And it's an imperial blonde with honey and vanilla. That sounds like it should come from Georgia. Like those sweet magnolias. Yeah, like Savannah or something, right? (laughs) Down in south, south east Georgia. Chip and Joanna Gaines are from Texas, and they've got magnolia that work. And, yeah, so they always plant a magnolia tree. So I think there's some quite a bit of magnolias here in Texas as well. Sure. So Sweet Magnolia, Imperial Blonde with honey and vanilla. It also comes in at 8%. So, mm. so oh. it definitely looks like a ale. So, Oh, yeah. So we both have a, some lighter colors today. Let me pour mine yeah. here. Let's hold those up side by side and see what they look like there. Uh, yeah. Yours is a little redder. A little... I think it's probably the lighting in here. Could be. But yeah, I think overall, probably mine's a little lighter, just by judging. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like, a, is this a D, so, a double D? I got to give props because... Our buddy David sent this a link to this last week, and he's the one that got me started watching it. So, David, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking about this today, man. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> our Facebook user says, "I love cults." All right, well, you're in the right place today, man. My beer is really good. I have, you know, I haven't had like a really, really good beer in a while yeah. um, on the show. And man, he just keeps firing the comments in here. <laughs> um, so this one's really good. How's yours? This is, it's got a weird, it's not what I expected. So to answer your question, there is no, there is no bourbon uh, flavor to it or bourbon no, barrel okay. flavor. No, no barrel. And uh, so it's a little tart on the back end. It's not terrible, mm-hmm. but it's not quite yeah. what I expected. So I'm going to take one more strong sip. It's not bad at all. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a three eight. Um, it's, n- it's not one of my favorites from the Lexington Brewing, but it's also kind of refreshing, I guess. For it's mm-hmm. be a good. It's a good summer beer, for sure. Yeah, yeah this is interesting because it's definitely got a little sweetness, um, as the name implies, sweet magnolia. It's got a little. It definitely leans a little, little heavier, but it's 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 kind of right on the line between the lighter and the heavier. Yeah. So I really like it. It's sweet, creamy. Actually, it's almost it's got like a creaminess to it, mm-hmm. like a cream ale. Yep. Um, I really really like it. I'm gonna give it. Haven't done this in a while. I'm gonna give it a five out of five. Whoa! I would, did is, not see that. Yes, it is that good. You so, didn't really lead up to that. You just kind of that was a. I just jumped. I just jumped in on you. <laughs> I was trying to hint, but I didn't know what else to say. So, no, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I give it a five, which we rarely, rarely do. So I got to write mm-hmm. this one down. Yeah, sweet magnolia. Sweet magnolia. And remind me where where did you find it? it well, this one was at the Heb, so okay. But it's uh, Martin House Brewing. Okay, 
I don't know if they distribute nationwide or not. All right. So. Well, any five goes on our list. Yeah. I got to find it. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's dive into um, cults. Yeah. I mean, not actually. We don't want to be (laughs) in a cult necessarily, but with... We're going to teach our listeners how to become one or how to start one. (laughs) Yeah. And we have an article that we're going to kind of segue into that will actually... Yeah. May prove that you're actually already in several cults more than likely. Well, yeah. You don't have to be uh, Jim Jones uh, or... Um, Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. So this, there is a series right now on Netflix um, that is in the top 10 for like docu-series and some other things. So, it, you know, it's showing up in a lot of people's feeds. Yeah. And it is called How to Become a Cult Leader. Yep. And there's season one. And so far it's got, I think, six or eight episodes. Um, Do you know who one of the producers are? I guess he's one of the executive producers of the show. I didn't realize this, but it's Peter Dinklage. He's the voice. Well, he's also a producer too. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's read the official little uh, bio from Netflix. Mm -hmm. Cults offer the chance to belong, to make the world a better place, to dot, dot, dot. Take advantage of vulnerability, suppress thoughts, stage deadly plots, and ruin lives. Nevertheless, there are harsh lessons to be learned from history's most malignant manipulators. That's why the creators of the series How to Become a Tyrant hath delivered us unto, unto us the latest installment in their tongue-in-cheek guidebook <laughs> anthology, How to Become a Cult Leader. The docuseries examines infamous cult leaders' playbooks from achieving unearned devotion to controlling followers' minds, bodies, and souls. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, very light uh, viewing. It's like six episodes, um, yeah. So you can get they, through them. There, it's real short, like thirty minute little. Yeah, thirty minute episodes. Um, just like six of them, so you know, a good three hour binge, maybe two hour and a half. <laughs> this isn't <Slots>. like, <clears throat> you know, that series. Remember Nexium, where they did the like cult group Nexium. That was like pretty oh, yeah. long, protracted series. But or the uh, one with um, what's the What's her name from King of Queens? She did did the exposed, where she exposed, who was it, Scientology? Oh, yes. It was like this long. Yes, yeah. Those were kind of drawn out too. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, you know, it's it's a very serious subject. And they, so they do the show a little bit tongue in cheek. I literally like having step-by-step guidebook and thing like that. Um, But yeah, it's pretty darn accurate. We've talked about some of this stuff on the show before. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so tell me why you why you decided to you were like let's talk about this today. Well, David sent me a link to it last last week. It got me yep. interested, and then I started I started getting into it um, this past week just because I looked at it, it's like little short episodes. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, um, this was good, especially you know talking about Charles Manson. I'm always fascinated by that because um, some of his, some of the skills that he honed were during <laughs> during prison time so yeah. i guess we should go back to your original yeah let's uh, uh let's, question let's close that loop <laughs> so if you've so, forgotten already you know <laughs> we we said there was a, a course and a book um that's super popular in prison 
and it is the book or the course. It's actually the, the Dale Carnegie course, which is based on the book. Drum roll. How to win friends and influence people. <laughs> there you go. So there's, was, was that from when you were on cell block C the first yeah. time? Doesn't it look like it? Yeah. It's, it's all tattered. <laughs> it's from the prison library. I mean, uh, it, yeah. It looks like a 1970s <laughs> copy. So it's like. Oh man. Yeah. So I, isn't that different. amazing? He studied this and some of the lessons from it, uh, which are some of the, you know, some of the best lessons, obviously this, you know, people in self-help, uh, psychology, people that are in sales, it's always been known as like the sales guide uh, mm-hmm. for years because you learn obviously how to, um, how to listen to people, how to show empathy. Um, but he used this kind of from an, a, a man, manipulative standpoint to, um, to craft his skills of, uh, you know, of hypnosis. I mean, this is just one of the, <laughs> this is just one of the things that he added to, I mean, he studied a lot in prison. I, I found it interesting that he, not only did he study, uh, he studied Buddha, he studied the Bible <laughs> and he studied how to win friends and influence people. But yeah, I mean, those three always go together. They <laughs> <laughs> should just sell it as a box set. I, mean, right. I don't know why, why it's not more common. Right. But that course in and of itself, going back to what you said, Sean, is one of the most popular. I mean, people are, according to this docuseries on the first episode that the prison inmates are just lining up to go through mm-hmm. uh, the Dale Carnegie, the course, Dale, Carnegie yeah. uh, Dale Carnegie's course. So I don't know if yeah. that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is it like rehabilitation <laughs> or is it just making them worse criminals? When they get back it's out, it's kind of like putting, uh, you know, uh, you know, weight sets, you know, these heavy weights and everything. You're like, yeah. is that a good thing? Uh, am I helping these people or are we <laughs> just yeah, making I them mean, stronger? Yeah, exactly. You know, survival of the fittest. We're just right. making them bitter and smarter while they're in prison. That's right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that it, you know, they use it for good when they get out, but there's yep. going to be people that, you know, take advantage and see the, see the opportunities. Yep. So the first episode was on, um, Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Yep. Um, and then some of the other episodes are, I'm trying to look, see if I had a list. So Jim Jones was episode two. Yep. And I don't remember some of the other names I didn't even really recognize until they. The higher, um, Harry, what was the guy's name? Harry, uh, that's from episode three. Yeah, um, so the, the cults discussed in this series include the Manson family, the people's temple. Mm-hmm which is Jim Jones, right? Yep. Before he went to Jonestown. Yep. Buddha Field, Heaven's Gate, which most people have heard of Heaven's Gate, right? Yep. They were the ones trying to catch the comet. Um, and then it talks about the Unification Church. There's, uh, I can't remember what some of the other ones were, but it's interesting how a lot of these, uh, Jamie Gomez, uh, yeah, that was Heaven's Gate. No, Heaven's Gate was Marshall Applewhite. Yeah. So, the yeah, one the one that I found interesting, I think it was the third one, Jaime Gomez, which is the uh, mm-hmm. Budafeld. Um, it, it kind of delved, you know, kind of went into the psychology, how he controlled the mind. I, th- I found that pretty interesting where, you know, here's a guy, I didn't know much about him. Familiar with, er, yeah, most I people are familiar with Charles Manson, Jim Jones, but, yep. but this guy, um, 
you know, he was kind of one of those guys. He was a, he was, he, he wanted to be a, uh, he wanted to be a Hollywood actor. Mm -hmm. He failed at that. You know, he kind of, uh, didn't make it. He tried several things in Hollywood and just, uh, they just fell by the wayside. Then he became, uh, he went to, then he, you know, those, (laughs) those who can't do teach. So he started teaching, um, acting. (laughs) on the side. So uh, that's how he started developing his following when he was teaching acting. Um, And it was interesting in in kind of that same vein, um, Charles Manson. Yeah. He originally wanted the fame of being a a rock star. Right. And when he couldn't get that, he couldn't pull that off. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he had to look for another outlet. Yep. Absolutely. So be careful when you turn people down out there, you know, you never know what you're unlo- unlocking or unleashing in somebody. So I find it interesting that these people, they're always, um, most people understand this, but it's always, they always are influential among the people that are the most vulnerable. And, you know, so they need their, uh, you know, they come in, rescue them from, um, maybe a wounded self-esteem, uh, maybe rejection, you know, they offer, um, hope, uh, you know, that's, that's usually most of the, you know, most cult leaders will, are always empathetic. You know, it's not about them in the beginning. Most people think that a cult leader is, um, while, while they are, um, self-absorbed, they also understand that in order to build a following, you have to be focused on the others first, right? And yeah, that's, have, that's part of the charisma. That's right. That kind of goes both ways, right? It's 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 a strong enough charisma mm-hmm. that they come across as confident, and it, but it's not. A, it, there's enough empathy, like you said, and emotional IQ or emotional quotient, right? That they can deflect onto the person and really want to take care of the person or make it seem like that anyway. Yep. Well, it's interesting you say that too about kind of some of the followers because one in the other article that I sent you um, and how to call it how to start a cult. um, Mm -hmm. One of the things they talked about was actually you need extroverts. Yes. As the first few members. Right. And this tracks like even if you go all the way back to Jesus and the disciples, not saying he was, that was a cult, just so we don't get the mail. Right. Um, <laughs> but who the leader of the disciples was Peter, who was an extrovert. And he's yes. the one that really took the church to the next level. An introvert would not have done that, mm-hmm. probably, you know, to that level. Yes. So you, so it, while you want people who are disenfranchised, you want people who are, you know, maybe upset with whatever, they also need to have a little bit of outgoingness to them yeah. to help you spread the message because the best way to spread the message is, you know, through referrals. Right. It's more, it's more convincing if someone else says something nice about you than if you say it about yourself. About Yeah, exactly. And that's, and so one of the really ways you get buy-in from people who are extroverts is you got to have a strong, a strong reason why it says one of the things I wrote down from the, um, the uh, third series, I think um, the one about this Jaime guy, he, um, you got to have a, it's, it said, you got to have a moving origin story, a very moving emotional that appeals to the why, you know, everybody wants to know why, why they're doing something. So in, um, 
you know, I think it was opportunistic for Manson during a time of the 60s where there was a lot of upheaval. There was a lot of rebellion against the status quo, against the people in power. And he took advantage of that. Like, you know, obviously he started in San Francisco where there's a lot of. Yeah, late 60s. I mean, went to hate Ashbury right at the peak of all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. So timing was good. Like, Mm -hmm. could Charles Manson pull that off, you know? Three, even three or four years later, yep. probably not. Right. So timing is important when you're. Uh, when yeah, you're that's a good. Your cult. That's a good point. You know what it? You kind of wonder if if there would have been a Charles Manson had, you know, he this taken place during the seventies or the eighties, like during the eighties. Yeah. You know, during a time of probably a little bit of you know completely different time than the sixties. You know, more of a right. time of so prosperity. Been, obviously, there were still cults then, right? He- Heaven's Gate was probably the eighties. Well, that's true. Right? Yeah. Um, but would his style of cult been successful yeah. later? Right. So right. you got to know your time. Sure. Just like some companies come and go with different times. You mm-hmm. know, some companies do better in good times. Some companies do better, you know, the vice stocks, for instance, right. do better in bad times, right? The alcohol, tobacco tend yep. to do better when things are tough yeah. because people are sedating and numbing out and those That's kind right. of things. Uh, or entertainment sent, tends to do well, even in recessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you got to know your, when you're starting your call, you need to know why and you need to kind of look around at what's going on and, and see, you know, if your theories and your stuff's going to fit in. Uh, the other thing I wrote down, Sean, is that you offer something exclusive, exclusive to the truth, like your unique style of or your unique yeah. message about right. the truth. Right. It can't it be needs just to be based on typically a bigger truth. Right. Right. And you just have some little nuance to it. That's right. Yep. Something yeah, that's a little, little bit, bit different. New. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit new, a little bit unique, but at the same time, based on a bigger truth that I think a lot of people already believe that's why Mm -hmm. you see so many cult leaders using, um, you know, scriptures that are proven and have stood the test of time, whether it's the Bible, whether it's the Quran, whether it's, uh, whether it's, you know, one of the Buddhist books, um, or the books from the Salonimah text when we get east um but some of those texts over there yeah um some of the yoga traditions like there's always going to be you know there's this huge pool of material that you can pull from right and you can just like you said kind of pull out some pieces which is really what manson did when he was in prison right he took little pieces of christianity a little pieces of buddhism yeah a little bit of self-help personal development yep and put them in a cocktail shaker, shook them up, and came out That's with right. Manson. He took, he took the best of everything that he could use, right? I mean, yeah. So I think he took a lot of the uh, the parables from the Bible, you know, stories. Obviously, that's always good when you're giving parables and stories, and then you're kind of trying to mimic the Messiah himself, you know, you know, so you're, he, he's obviously, he used that to his advantage. Yeah. I thought Um, the story about Jim Jones was really interesting. Yeah. Where as a kid, he lived in a small town, had five churches and he went to all five (laughs) like himself, even without his parents, like, because he wanted to learn the different aspects of all these different religions and his, his whole dream growing up was to be a, a preacher pastor. Right. Um, 
you know, for whatever reason, like why, why that happened, why he led into that maybe because that was the biggest thing going in small town America. And it sure, it would probably seem to a young kid that the most powerful people in town were probably the pastors. Right. Yep. Especially in a small, really oh, small, in a small town. town for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely one of the top they're two re- or three people mm-hmm. in that town. So I could see, I could see how that might, might play into that. But yeah, I thought that was fascinating that he would literally run from church service to church service, trying to get a little bit of each one sure. each Sunday. Just absorbing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I probably would have went to one, one Sunday and another the next, but no, he, <laughs> he's taking he's it all like, in, man. It's yeah. He's like, okay, opening <laughs> prayer here, songs over here. It was a Sunday marathon, man. Yeah. Um, like a scavenger, holy scavenger hunt. So I find it, one of the, one of my takeaways in this series is something that, you know, we talked about cults in the, in the past, but one thing that that was kind of a little nuanced to me was that um, they use control of not only people's, they, they try to control people's mind, but they also control their actions. They keep them busy. Right. Yeah. And they do that by talk, you know, you know, just tell them about the importance of servitude. So they keep them busy serving, doing things on a regular basis, writing letters. Absolutely. just recruiting. nonstop. They yeah. never have a moment. I mean, these people, and and we've watched series on other cults, but these people have a tendency never to have a, a moment of spare time to think because they're always so right. busy. And there's, I think there's a reason behind that is they want them busy working. Obviously, no time for distraction for um, anything else, but the purpose. But the other thing is, is you, you have a huge investment, like these people have a physical investment. So, you know, you build up, you, you're, you're always doing, 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 doing. That makes it that much more difficult, I think, for them to uh, leave just because they've put so much work into something. You know, it's yeah. that commitment and consistency from, uh, you know, Cialdini talks about like, you know, you invest so much and then it's hard to... Um, it's hard to leave once you put that much emotional energy or that much energy into something. Yeah, it also ties in, I just pulled up uh, on the screen. It also ties into the tenets of brainwashing. Right? Yeah. So isolation. Yes. Yep. Submission, mm-hmm. absolute obedience, humility, rewards and punishments for cooperation, non-cooperation, um, attitude changes, manipulation, reducing critical thinking, mm-hmm. and intense indoctrination, but definitely isolation, um, obviously if you're keeping people busy at the headquarters or wherever, right. You know, even if, even if you don't go full blown commune, like a lot of these turned into mm-hmm. in the beginning, they didn't have that. So they might have an office or they might have a church yes. that you would show up to and, you know, do your work right from there. So you're there eight, nine, 10 hours a day, which, you know, as we know, that's also how the public school system works. <laughs> yes. You show up there eight or eight hours a day <laughs> yep. and. You get brainwashed. That's right. Absolutely. Um, indoctrinated. Indoctrinated. Uh, yeah, the submission by, like you said, doing the tasks. And mm-hmm. and it's a it's a servitude type thing. It's it's a, this is your duty. Yeah. You know, if you believe in this message, you'll help us promote it. Yep. You know, basic kind of just big discipleship type ideas. And it's fascinating because uh, there's little reward for them. I mean, it's like there's no... <laughs> There's no well, reciprocation I mean, the outside is, of being a part of something, right? 
and that's it. And that's the, that's what people want. That's yeah. what everybody wants. I think even yeah. John Maxwell um, has said, you know, pe- most people are just walking around or maybe it was Dan Kennedy. Which one was it? Oh, uh, most, most people are walking around looking for a place to plug in their umbilical cord. Yes, man. I'm was so that glad Maxwell you mentioned that, that Kennedy. Yep. It was Dan Kennedy that said was that. It? Okay. Yeah. I've that got that. Um, I've got that quote written down. It's funny you mentioned that, Sean, because I was actually going to uh, mention that on today's show and forgot to. But you're absolutely right. It's most people are walking around umbilical cord in hand looking for somewhere to plug into. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's a very visual, vivid picture, too. Right. You know, it's like that. And that's why if you're. There's also why there's a lot of sayings and it's why people can advance so quickly in any given niche. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great Andy Andrews quote, the author, mm-hmm. and he talks about just the person, the person who's just willing to say, follow me deserves leadership because they're willing to say, follow me. Yeah. Like yep. they don't really need qualifications outside of that. Because most people are just looking for somebody to follow. So if mm-hmm. somebody stands up and says, hey, follow me, there's a really good chance that people will right. follow them. Right. Despite yeah. any qualifications or anything else, because people are so desperate for somebody to sure. follow. Sure, And you see that all the time. I mean, you see that on social media. You see that on, you know, um, with celebrities, with with cults, with churches. With- yeah. And it, it plays into every aspect, any industry. I don't care what you're at. I mean, fitness, you see it all the yeah. time. You know, you see the, the, uh, the lessons in, in the fitness industry where people, uh, start their own. Remember back in, uh, you know, P90X and all that stuff, you know, it's like yeah. everybody was on board, you know, you got to do P90X and <laughs> it was its own little cult. It was, everybody followed yeah. it. It's like well, CrossFit was called CrossFit for, yeah. for the longest time, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of these that, you know, even Russell Brunson who, you know, he's talked specifically about, you know, building yeah. a cult. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that's the root of the word culture is cult. Yep. Um, and it's very similar, right? Cause you need people to buy in, you need people to gather around and sure. all be moving towards the same thing. Right. The difference with a cult, I think is that the leader becomes the pivotal thing mm-hmm. even beyond the mission yeah you know? so when the mission or when the leader transcends the mission that's when things start getting yeah i think out of hand a little bit right um so so I, there was another article do you want to cover anything else on any of the episodes no we we can get in the other because I, I took some notes from the article that you sent as well yes yeah, so this is a really cool article it's it's from um the website is scienceofpeople.com mm-hmm. and they've got some really interesting stuff on here. <laughs> um, but this one is called how to start a cult and it has 10 different steps. So this is literally your step-by-step guide right here. Um, and we've talked about some of these. Yep. I thought these questions were good. Would you ever start a cult? Mm-hmm. So Jonathan, would you ever start a cult? Well, not probably intentionally, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would just unintentionally, maybe. Perhaps. I could just look around one day and like, oh, shoot, this might be Oops. a cult. My bad. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. But while we're here, <laughs> I 
I was, I was actually just having a conversation with a friend before the show. And I was like, you know, and I was talking about, this is what we we're going to be talking about. And I was like, you know, there's a part of me, if I'm really honest, oh, sure, they would love to be a cult leader. Well, come on. Yeah. I mean, you got the yeah. look, Sean, right now with the, you know, you got the flowing beard. It's more, and- yeah. I don't have the hair for it though. Like that's, that's what I'm missing. Like all these guys had great hair. I didn't uh, notice that. And oh, you look like the- a wise a wise a guru Zen master yeah. with the flowing beard. So yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. That's the <laughs> that's the real plan going on here. But no, I mean like, you know, I think everybody wants some level of respect. Everybody wants oh, some sure. level of, of you know reverence about you know people to revere them. You know, and so, belonging. I mean, churches. I hate to say this, but you know, because we're both Christians. Uh, and we both, I mean, I, I go to church, but, uh, there's a lot of churches out there, man, that, that, that use this, um, to their advantage in getting people on board. Uh, when you start reading this stuff, you're like, Whoa, you know, um, I'm not in a cult, but you know, anybody could take lessons from this. And I think this is just, I, I don't think necessarily building a following, building a following is not a bad thing. I think it's just the, the brainwashing, um, in the, I think the, um, you know, the narcissistic, uh, person at the top that <laughs> leads people off a cliff. You, right. When you start, I guess it becomes a cult when it starts injuring people at some level. Right. You know, and I don't know, <clears throat> even that line is kind of hard to just define, I think, right? I mean, I think when it's hard to leave, that's when you've got problems. You know, when you yeah. make it hard to leave and you've tried to, you know, one of the things in that series on Netflix talks about the maintaining, I don't think you've seen this one yet, but it's, it's about maintaining the image and how mm-hmm. cult leaders will, uh, have to maintain the image because anybody within an organization that is the slightest bit, you know, suspect can yeah. unravel everything. So yeah. what they do to prevent that is to use, you know, members within the organization, uh, and they start turning, you know, they start making sure that those people are policing anybody that has doubts. Um, and to the point where in some examples, people were actually killed in, in yeah. some cults, you know, they were eliminated. Yeah, that's why you so. need your own private land to bury bodies. <laughs> that's why most of them end up getting acres of land. <laughs> hundreds, uh, hundreds of acres. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one, I can't remember which one it was, uh, the, um, <clears throat> They were out in California. They ended up with like 60,000 acres, mm-hmm. you know, that they bought through yeah. members' donations and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So here's, here. I was funny while you were talking, you were like, you know, the, making it difficult to get away. And I immediately thought like, oh, you mean like Apple? Like I can't get rid of Apple now because <laughs> all my devices talk to each other or That's Google right. <laughs> because my email Half it's my painful. Ends, yes. You know, the pain of disconnect for those is, mm. is, is yeah. real, you know? Right. And these, these companies know that that's why they've all gone or tried. So many of them have tried to go to sticky models like memberships and things like that, because you want the pain of disconnect. That's right. what creates loyalty. That's what creates loyal followers. Right. Um, <clears throat> this question I thought was interesting too. Would you ever join a cult? Mm. I would say no, not intentionally, but I'm sure I'm, I'm yeah. susceptible for sure. Absolutely. Like I'm aware that I am susceptible to joining a cult. Absolutely. I think everybody is. It's just yeah. human nature. 
because people want to belong. You're probably, yeah. So what did we talk about last week on our last week's episode? We were talking about like, you know, something as simple as pickleball. What is one of the, you know, one of the biggest ways that pickleball, you know, when they rebranded, they rebranded it as a social community, bringing people together. You know, people want to belong to something. And so they use that to their advantage. I think that's one of the reasons why it's probably one of the fastest growing sports in America today is not because it's a fun game. I mean, is it, it is fun, but <clears throat> it's, it's a social, social event, you know, it yeah, brings people it's together. FOMO. It's yeah. FOMO too, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to be missing out. That's right. On what my neighbors are doing over here. You yep. know, so exactly. Um, next thing you know, you have an all night pickleball tournaments. <laughs> That's right. And they make it available. You know, you're, you're, uh, you know, courts available, uh, social gathering, uh, being a part of something, especially as you get older and then ease of, of entrance. I think they lower the barrier of, uh, entry. This was an interesting thing. Uh, and a lot of this information from this article comes from the book, the culting of brands by Douglas Atkin. Mm. Um, so they said, what's interesting about cult members is they're not a bunch of weirdos or outsiders. They tend to make up, if you were to take a cult population and, you know, transpose it over to the regular population, it would have about the same split of demographics, sociographics, psychographics, and everything else. Yeah. Um, so because it becomes its own little community and world, which is made up of all kinds of different people. So mm-hmm. you, you definitely have to be very careful to think that, Oh, I would never fall for that. Cause that's exactly when you're most, you know, vulnerable right. to right. that kind of influence. Yep. Um, us versus them, you know, you gotta have the, we've talked about this many times on the show. You've got to have an enemy. Yes. And it could be people. You gotta create some tension there. Yeah. Yeah. You and the people time, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all kinds of stuff. Everybody needs a cause to fight. I think a cause to fight against. You give people a cause to fight against, then they'll go to war for you. Yeah. So, um, and something to stand for as well. I mean, you know, we've talked about this in the political statements. You know, so mm-hmm. it seems like if you're for something, it tends to do better most of the time in political campaign, presidential campaigns anyway, right. Right. than against. There's yeah. both always. Yep. Um, but if your main slogan is more for something, it tends to do a little bit better than being against mm-hmm. something else. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so yeah, they gave an example in this article of a company that sells um, called client joy that does gift boxes, yeah. um, foods, candles, tubs, all kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. And they were, so he was taking some of these cult like attributes and putting it on a company. And we've all, we've all had companies that we really like, you know, Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, Harley Davidson's a huge an example. Yeah. That's you know, a great one. Uh, Apple is another one. Um, so yeah, those are all, all things. So, so what were some of the, what were some of the most out of these 10, 10 steps? Any of these, those stand out at you from this article? Um, I like where they talk about um, uh, number eight, about becoming a member. So they really make things, and I think you see this in a lot of things, even outside of cults, you know. Yeah. You make it hard to get in, like 
you always like hear the thing where it's like, um, we make it exclusive. We make it hard to get in. We, uh, you know, it, we create dues, you know, you create membership dues. Um, but it's not open to everyone. So right. the scarcity mentality, you create scarcity and that is very attractive. People want to be part of something that not is, is not available to everyone. Isn't that funny? Like people want to be a part of something that not everybody's a part of, but they want to be a part of what other people are a part of. Exactly. It's like the it's, dichotomy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like really weird. It's like, Oh, I want to be 100% <laughs> unique and not be like all my other loser That's friends. Right. So I'm going to go over here and join all these people <laughs> and do exactly what they tell me to do. That's right. It's, it's, you know, it's like the, you know, your the grunge kids or the emo mm-hmm. kids or the preps kids or the jocks or the whatever. Like, I don't know what the, today's terminology, that's right. our eighties terminology. Um, but you, you get know. people to invest like yeah. so much energy and so much, not, I mean, mental, physical energy into something that they don't have anything. I mean, I think that's and going money. back to the work yeah. thing. They don't have anything else they can do. Like they yeah. are 100% committed to the cause. And I think that's, you know, that's part of just locking them in. Once you, once you, you know, you make it exclusive, you bring them in. Well, and even, then, you know, to go back to your example of pickleball, right? Yeah. So once you're in it, then you got to buy a paddle. So that's you're right. investing, yeah. right? Then you, you know, you might join a league. So that's another investment, right? Yep. And now you're committed your time and your money. That's right. And like, so it's, yeah, it's sometimes the membership is not like necessarily even just a member ship fee, but it could be the equipment required mm-hmm. to be in that group. Right. right? So if I want to, if I want to be a boat guy and go join the boat cult on Saturday and park in the cove with the party cove, I got to have a boat. I got to have, you know, water toys, sure. like all the different things you got to have. And then of course you're joining a, a, a social media, a community, you know, yeah. whether it's on social media, Hey, is everybody going to be out this week? You know? And then yeah. if you're not out, uh, you know, enough, then you become ostracized. Like, Ooh, he, <laughs> you're missing yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be a part of it. Yeah, and then you're not quite as cool the next time you go. And the next thing you know, you're kind of, you drifted off. Right. <laughs> you're, uh, you're outside. You're an outsider. <laughs> yeah. So one of the ones I thought was good and, and you see this a lot, um, and, may get some, uh, may get some hate mail from this, but <laughs> I think a company, well, there's a lot of companies that do this well, but I think the comp, one of the groups that does this really, really well. And, and number five was to have lingos and have lingo. And oh icons. yes. Yeah. I wrote that one down. I think the multi-level marketing inside direct sales. Oh yeah. Whatever you want to call it. MLM. Yeah. They do a great job of this. Absolutely. Right? They have their own lingo. They have their own icons. They have levels. They yep. have, you know, whether it's, they all have some type of, you know, mm. jones, uh, stones or jewelry or pins or something. Absolutely. Know where they're at. Yeah. But even martial arts studios, right? I mean, martial arts, right? You get the belts and there's different mm-hmm. color belts. That's an icon. Yeah. That when you walk into any dojo, that you're going to see immediately kind of the different, you know, sets of people, but those people inside there know what it means more than the people who are on the outside. And I think it was, that's right. Yeah. I think it was Scientology that used scarves. Mm-hmm. Yes. They had these different yeah. colored silk scarves that you yeah. got when you got to different levels. Yep. That kind of stuff is really, really powerful. ClickFunnels does it. 
um, with their, you know, their, their records when you hit a certain number of, you know, the million dollar mark on your sales, the $10 million mark, and they send you the plaques and things like that. Nexium, remember that you got branded when you were official, yeah. you got the brand, yeah. you got like a cow brand on you. <laughs> Like, which is another lesson. I mean, that locks you in. You know, you got this thing on your, you know, on your backside or your arm or whatever. Yeah. Well, was it the Manson that did the X on their forehead? That's right. Yes, that was yeah. Charles Manson. They, first, they were doing like cuts, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's too slow. We're going to use a screwdriver and burn it in." <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. And the girl was like, "Sure, no, it didn't hurt at all." I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Some good drugs you're taking. That's right. right. There. Yeah. Um, um, I like the. What else? I like. The, let's see. The uh, one of the last ones. What was the? Um, uh, let's see. Social proof. They use a lot of social proof. Um, what is it? Learn your. Uh, learn from your cultees. Yeah. Learn from your cultees, which is basically just another terminology for using social proof to give examples. So they, they're big on that. And, and, and they were also like, watch what your clients or your members or whatever, watch what they do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, what are your clients talking about or sharing <clears throat> your product? Mm-hmm. What are your clients getting up and doing themselves? Could you help them with that, with that in yeah. some way? Yep. You know, like if you could follow them around with the camera, what are they doing once they get your product or right, right before they get your product or right before they use it or right after mm-hmm. they use it? That's always a good place to find yeah. complimentary products. That's right. You know, and, and I think a lot of, you know, supplement companies are a good example of this where they mm-hmm. used to just sell supplement, you know, protein powder, for instance. Right. They're like, oh, we could also give them a shaker bottle because they're always look, <laughs> they're looking for some way to mix their shake. Right. And then you realize, oh, they're also if they're taking protein powder, they're probably needing a pre-workout as well. And you start to just expand the whole universe Mm -hmm. of, of that person. And you just get more and more entrenched so that they, you know, pain of separation again is higher. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Um, these are all, these are all great takeaway lessons. I mean, you don't have to be a cult, but it's, it's all about creating influence, you know, influence and persuasion. I mean, everything that we've talked about, the whole point of this podcast is not for you to go out and create a cult, but it's to literally create um, influence in your marketplace. And there's so many, um, there's so many examples. I mean, just in this article, we'll post a link to the article that you've listed, Sean, but um, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways I, I have is like, uh, people, you, you don't sell dogma, you sell belonging, belonging mm-hmm. to something. So don't yeah. sell the, you know, don't sell the, um, the idea, sell the belonging to the idea, what that means. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think people, as you, as we've discussed, pe- everyone wants to be a part of something greater than themselves. And if you can tie your product, your service, um, and people do it all the time, you know, you mentioned Apple, um, uh, it, it's more about just a MacBook or a, uh, you know, an iPhone or, you know, an iPad. Um, they did a fantastic job in their marketing of creating something much more than just a product, but, you know, creating that creator space, you know, for people that were 
creators. Hey, this is yeah, rebel creators. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was really the, definitely the group that launched Apple, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day with the 1984 yeah. ad and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. But even today they've, they're so entrenched now and they're, they're obviously much more mainstream than they right. were back then. Mm-hmm. But now you, now it's like a lot of your friends have it. So you kind of feel left out if you don't have it. So it's yeah. still about belonging. It's just in a little different way. And it's more, it's more led by Apple owners instead right. of Apple itself. Right. You know, where before Apple really had to push that message. Now it just kind of happens on its own. Mm-hmm. And you can see that because they haven't really released any amazing products in mm-hmm. a while. Right. Um, but they're more profitable than they've ever been. Yeah. You know, um, so they may have lost their innovation, but they've kept the belonging and kind of the, for the most part, they've kind of kept some of the cool factor. I think, I do think a lot of those, some of the, uh, I don't think the creative rebels have left. I do think some of the tech rebels have left and yeah. they've gone, they've gone right. to Android and right. some of those platforms. Yeah. So what, it, um, I'm just curious, I'm throwing this out there. What yeah. is a product that maybe you have purchased recently hmm. that sold you beyond the product itself, but, uh, belonging to a group or something beyond just the product an idea? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Can't think of anything right off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely wanted to be part of the cool early adopter crowd when you know buying AI tools. Yeah. Yep. Getting on Chat GPT and getting mm-hmm. the Pro version, like all that stuff. I think that was, but I don't really feel like a part of it. I mean, I, it's 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 not an intimate community for sure, but it is like this kind of unspoken you know, you're kind of part of the leading edge, right? you know, right. I think there's that, there's a little bit of that feel to that. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else right off, you know? Um, well, I'll tell you a product that cheap. I bought recently and I'm not ashamed to admit that my vulnerabilities, cause I love, I love the outdoors. And so, okay. uh, so I bought, you know, a roof nest recently, uh, you know, the roof nest product, which is for camping. It's like the, um, uh, it's like the, you know, you mount it on the top of your Jeep or your, yep. you know, your SUV or whatever vehicle you have, you take it out camping. You don't have to set it up. It's right there on top. You just, you pop it up. Well, <clears throat> you know, it's beyond just, obviously it's camping, which I love to do, but there's a whole community of people that are out there and they're, um, overlanding, you know, people that just, drive out in the middle of nowhere. To me, that's yep. so attractive. Like <laughs> there's yeah. nothing more attractive in the world. Just be able to drive your Jeep or your vehicle out in the middle of nowhere and then pop a tent up wherever you yeah. are. You know, it's kind of that adventurous. And so they sell to a community, you know, they create their own community. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I fall prey to this. I mean, everybody does that's, you know, in that, in that genre. Um, but people fall prey to that, uh, you know, outdoor camping, just kind of going adventure out in the middle of nowhere, just popping up wherever you are, you know, you know, popping that tent up only takes like 20 seconds. <laughs> I think she's like, you're ready to go. So, yeah. And I think Jeep is another good example of that too. Oh yeah. Um, Big time. You know, yep. definitely more in the beginning, you know, any of these products as they become mainstream, they lose some of that. Yep. But you know, Jeep, when I bought my first Jeep, 
um, you know, back 2012, mm-hmm. they really took off. Uh, I think right after that, they really, really took off. Yeah. With the four door model, that's really what put them into another class, a, a whole nother group of people was when they right. came out with the four door Wrangler instead of just the two door. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was something about a Jeep that's like, you know, I think Ford F 150 is a similar. I think a lot of the truck market in general yeah. is, is that you can have a really nice vehicle, but it doesn't come off as a Mercedes or, you know, an expensive vehicle, even though these things cost as much as a lot of those cars now. Sure. Yeah. Like you can on a F-150, I mean, you can easily spend sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 on an F-150, yeah. right. you know, um, or you could get a, you know, whatever C-class Mercedes for 40. Mm-hmm. And most people will think the C-class costs more. Right. Cause they just don't know. Right. So it's, it's kind of this like very under, I think Jeeps and tr- the pickup truck market are the kind of these understated. Yes. Status symbols. Right. Yep. The people who know, know, but the people who don't know, don't know. <laughs> right. So you, it's, it is kind of a click in that, yeah. in that world. Right. And Jeep culture is even, you know, it goes, oh, it's huge. It's massive stuff. Yeah. You know, um, the Jeep wave, which I've noticed recently because we still have a Jeep um, when I'm driving around because it's come so mainstream, there's fewer people who are doing the Jeep wave than there used to be. They're just not up with it. But apparently there's this whole thing. I don't know if you get it with, with uh, with your Jeep truck, but um, you know, where people leave rubber duckies for each other on Jeeps. Three times I've been, I've been ducked three times, you know, and I've only had my, gladiator for about a year and yeah. I've been ducked three times. So yeah. In so fact, the last week I was original. ducked. <laughs> okay. And Sydney was, uh, about a week ago as well. So, okay. Um, yeah. That was the first time she was like, so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never had that happen with my first Jeep. So, yeah. um, I think, I don't know when that trend started, but I think it, I think it, it was just like a couple of years ago and it's okay. like, it's really caught fire, but uh, I was walking out of a store this past week to the parking lot, and sure enough, there was a there was a duck in my uh, in my so door handle. You, bought, uh, you know, you can go on Amazon; you can buy a whole pack of those, yep. so that you can leave them on people's. That's right. And so the whole the whole idea is you pass them. You know, like some people just line them up on their dashboard, but yeah, um, you kind of want to pat you want to pass those along. So yeah, um, so I, normally it's a yellow. The the last two I've got were yellow ducks. This one I had. I got duck this week. It was a brown duck. Oh, wow. I mean, there's all kinds now. There's like yeah. glitter ducks. That's there's right. Like yeah. All kinds of stuff. Um, I think that's funny. You know, it's here's this kind of environmental type, you know, mm-hmm. outdoorsy. And then they're putting <laughs> rubber plastic ducks. rubber ducks on their. I know. It's crazy. Jeeps. <laughs> they're on the trail. It falls off on the trail. Now we've got pollution in the, in the trail. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, there's one other thing we want to talk about real quick before yeah, we head out. Some a little, AI stuff. Yeah, a little AI segment here. Yes. So, tell me about this. You send this to me. Okay. It's called I'm gonna Audio, Audio Pen. Audio Pen. AI. Yes. Audio Pen. Let, uh, let me bring it up. Are you going to share it? I can, yeah. Unless you're uh, going to do a demo with it or something. Yeah, I thought I might try. Uh, yeah. There we go. It's called audiopen.ai. It's a free account. You can get it started. What I love about this is I was like, I was doing a little testing last night, but um, so I haven't had a lot lot of time for 
longevity sake to say, you know, over a period of time, but just the, just the few times I've used it, it's actually pretty cool because it, not only is it a, uh, you, you can dictate into this. So you go to audiopen.ai and this is really cool for people that want to like create, um, articles or a book and they're randomly dictating their thoughts just out loud. Yeah, I could see this when you, when you show this to me and I started looking at it, I was like, Oh my God, this would be great. Like some of my best ideas come when I'm on a long drive. Sure. You know, yeah. and you're by yourself in the car. Mm-hmm. You could just talk out loud. Just talk out loud. Press this, press this button, talk mm-hmm. out loud. And then what happens when you do that? Cause it's, cause I was like, well, isn't this just like otter, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. So what it does is I think you get like three minutes of, um, uh, per clip. So it's got like a little countdown once you hit the record button and then you can, you start recording just your thoughts. I mean, it's like, you know, just random thoughts. And then what it does is, uh, I love the thing. It says go from fuzzy, uh, fuzzy thought to clear text. So what it'll do, it'll transcribe your, uh, your rambling thoughts and then it will, edit and organize them to show like a coherent sentence and, or however long that you record, um, you can actually create, you know, content that's already edited and ready to go. Now you may want to, so far I've done this about three or four times. I've tested it out and it's actually pretty good. Now you might want to go in. I mean, obviously AI is going to write in a a textbook format, but from an editing standpoint, it clears out all of the ums and the uhs and the, all this stuff. So you could, we could literally click the record button while we're, you know, doing a podcast segment, Sean, and you know, it literally cleans it up and takes out all of the superfluous stuff that's not needed. And, and then just so writes out an article. Like expand what you're saying or create transitions between your things. Does it, <clears throat> No, it pretty much just shows exactly what you're saying, but it organizes it. Let, let me see if I can give an example here. Um, so well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm yeah, going to hit the record. Play. Okay. Now, um, summarize, Jonathan, just kind of summarize um, what we've talked about with cults. Today. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Let me stop that. All right. Okay. Apparently it's saving a note that I didn't know I was recording. So give me a second. (laughs) So that's the thing. It's, it's not the fastest thing in the world because it, it goes, there's like three, um, three phases. It goes to, uh, recording to transcribing and then, and then editing. So let me cancel this out and go back to, I need to refresh the whole Click record. All right. So, okay. So I think we're recording. I can't tell. Um, All right. Let's see. It doesn't look like anything's happening. Yeah. It it usually shows that I'm recording. So let me stop this for a second. Cancel that. It looks like it's stuck right now. All right. I'm going to do a refresh. Of course it wouldn't work while we're. All right, so I'm yeah, gonna, on a live show. <laughs> all right, let me delete this. This is one that I did earlier. So I did a test run earlier before our show. Okay. And it actually wrote out this. So I was just like, I was speaking like straight from the hip. 
And then it yeah. just, it, you know, with all the ums and the ahs, and then it wrote this out completely. It's like three paragraphs, but, um, okay. in this episode, we discussed cults and their origins. We looked at Charles Manson, a classic example of a cult leader who started and I tr trust me, my speaking didn't sound anything like this, uh, but it organized it, cleaned it up. And then, you know, obviously you can go in and share, you can click share, you can, you know, uh, email it and then clean it up even further. But this is kind of one of those ways. I think if you say, I don't know if they have, to be honest with you, I don't know if they have an app, um, but you they could save this. I, I read that and they, then they have a Chrome extension. Oh, okay. Good. Um, so if you're reading a page, you could actually take notes verbally. You know, okay. Um, if you're reading a page. All right. So yeah, so I thought that was cool. And I think the pro version gives you 15 minute blocks instead of three minutes. Okay. Yeah. That's the main difference. Yep. So, so you, if you wanted just to record this three minutes at, at a time, you could do so. Um, and if you want to, if you do you know how much the paid version is? I don't, I didn't look. Okay. I just read, read about it. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of kind of cool comments. Um, yeah. And I know there's some things you can in the pro version that you can kind of tweak the settings. Uh, here we go. I had to allow, I had to allow it. I guess I, I, I didn't give it permission. Now I'm recording. Okay. So okay. here's, here's a recording. Uh, so on today's show, we talked about uh, cults and the origin of cults. We talked about a new um, a, a recent Netflix series on how to become a cult leader. And from that, we gave a lot of examples, Sean, on uh, uh, how to reinvent yourself, how to craft unique uh, a unique belief system, um, about how to create an origin story, um, and then also how to uh, control the actions of your followers so that they'll be completely devoted to you. All right, so I'm gonna stop this, see what it says. <laughs> that was just random on the fly, man. There you go. Uh, let's see what it spits out. So now it's, 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 called, it's uh, transcribing, now it's rewriting. It's in the rewriting phase. That's what I'm curious about, like how much of this it like actually changed. Can you zoom in on that a little bit? Okay. Oh, Can you see you that? Nice. Okay. So yeah. it says today we discussed cults and their origins. We explored a recent Netflix series about becoming a cult leader. This led us to give examples on self reinvention, crafting unique. So, you know, I so didn't yeah, say. Yeah, it definitely cleaned it up because you yeah. said how to on each of those. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it, is there more to it or did it just. And controlling, well, that's pretty much all I said. It just kind of cleaned everything up and, and, and really condensed, condensed it. it yeah. yeah so, that's, that is cool. Yeah. So it's going to, uh, it's going to really clean and condense everything. And which I think is great. If you're driving, uh, I think yeah. this is really cool. Cause you could like, you can create content on the go by just like randomly dictating stuff into this, uh, AI program. And then it will go and clean it up, transcribe it, edit it for you. And, uh, and then save it. You can save it. So pretty yeah, cool. That, yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's called audiopen.ai. Yes. Audiopen.ai. When I first looked at it, I thought it said audio open. <laughs> I know. AI. Yeah. Audio open. <laughs> yeah. Reason, it should be, like open. you said earlier, I think you text me, it should be voice pen or something like that. Yeah. Voice pen would be much yeah, better because that's yeah, really cleaner. what it does. Right. Um, unless you can import 
audio into it. I don't know if you can or not. It looks like it's just directly. Into yeah, the that would be cool too. If you could take some of your uh, recordings off your iPhone or even yeah. a podcast and just throw it in there. Um, I know you said it does, if the pro version does what, 15, 15 minutes? Oh, wait, it does say, uh, if you click the button in the lower left, that is one of the benefits of the prime is mm -hmm. you can upload a file. Which one? Uh, not that screen. If you go back to the main screen, there was a up arrow in the bottom left corner. I don't see it on your screen. Hmm. It's weird. You may have to go uh, click out. Oh, there of it this. is. There it is. It's on the lower left corner. Ah. Oh, okay. Upload. Oh, yeah. There you go. So depending on your. Some of these companies, you know, these millennial companies that have these super simple icons. <laughs> And this super minimalist thing. Yeah, I, that you can't find. drives me crazy. It's I like, know. I didn't know that that was an upload button. Yeah. All right, so here's the deal. You can get, uh, what is it? All right, two ways to upgrade. Um, you got the lifetime deal, 150 bucks. Hey, that's not actually not bad. If that's like a not lifetime. <clears throat> if they stay in business, that's not a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a question. <laughs> it's the risk. Um, that's a pretty common model when you launch a software company these days, yeah. you know, get your early adopters mm -hmm. lifetime and then mm -hmm. slowly yeah. raise prices. Right. Um, annual 75 bucks. I mean, that's, you know, um, yeah, it's worth it's trying out for a year. I would think what, six bucks a month. It's not bad. Yeah. We're trying out at least to test it. Hey, if yeah. you could knock out a, if you could get a book done, uh, in a year using this, because this gets you off the procrastination wheel just because you're not, you know, you're just talking. Yeah, I mean, if you think, if you think about it, if you, if you just sat down, you know, using chat or something else and created an outline for your book, right? something you're fairly familiar with. This mm -hmm. is kind of how some of the book publishers did it sure. um, you know, five or 10 years ago and they're still doing it. Um, let's say you have three points per chapter. Yeah. If you did a, you know, 10 to 15 minutes per point, just kind of rambling, you're going to have about 45 minutes per chapter, seven yeah. to eight chapters. Right. You've got a typical six hour nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. um, and you could do that in, you know, a week or two of commuting, you know, back and forth to the office or yeah. on a walk, yep. you know. Um, so I, I don't know if the prime would allow you to have your screen open you know, closed or not, or if you'd have mm -hmm. to keep the screen on. I think I saw something about screen needs to be on, so I'm not sure. Ah, I see. You can't just have uh, it run in the background, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's, there's a reason for that, probably because it um, cancels out. It would cancel well, out if you, like, if you can do the like, camera or something else. If you can do, like, quick segments, I'll tell you one mm -hmm. of the, here's an idea, because one of the, um, one of my industry podcasts that I'm introducing um, to one of my, um, my industry shows that I do on a weekly basis is that I'm going to start a, like a mark, what's called the marketing minute. And so okay. it's like one episode, uh, every other day, or it may turn into every day. We'll see how it goes. But for right now, it's like every other day, like three days a week where I record a one minute segment on just one, one minute tip. It's like a marketing tip, how you can improve yeah. this, you know, different ways for companies out there that they can be looking at to, you know, and this is online, offline marketing. And so 
you take a compilation of those, you know, those are one minute yeah. and just run this through. And then, you know, if you do that three days a week, uh, for 52 weeks, that's a, that's a book right there. That's a book. Well, you know, if you're capturing it with this, I mean, that'd make a, yeah. you know, if it's one minute, you could probably get that down that's to right. a tweet, you know, at least a Twitter or an X thread, I guess now it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. <laughs> X. Yeah. You could, you could do a thread on, you know, yeah. Three minutes would be about a, a you know a decent little thread mm-hmm. that make a great Twitter account. Absolutely, yeah. Go along with your podcast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a cool little tool. There's all these tools coming out, just more than you can keep track of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool, especially if you spend some time in the car. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could be really valuable um, to jot down some ideas. Did you say they did have an app or you just, you just have to. Yeah, I think they do. Oh, sweet. Um, I think it's basically app based. And then there's a Chrome extension for when you're on your desktop. Okay. So that any page you kind of wanted to verbally capture, you could. Sure. Um, that'd be, that would have been great when I was a copywriter. <laughs> right. I could fire that thing up and do 15 minutes of research and just kind of. Yeah. Talk my notes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tried that when I first got into copywriting with Dragon Dictate. You remember having Dragon oh, Dictate? Oh, man, I remember that program. I used to try that thing. I hated yeah, it. Yeah, just, that was awful because you, <laughs> you had to say every punctuation and, you know, comma yes. and like, yeah. and then you start talking like that in real life and it was, yeah. it was just annoying. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad AI has come a long way since, oh, since Dragon Dictate days. Yep. So, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and that again is, uh, audiopen.ai. We'll post a link. Uh, we'll share the link to this article, um, that we've been discussing. And, uh, I think that's it, Sean. It's been fun. That good episode. Put a couple of those links in the comments. Ah, If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, they should pop up down there. Definitely. Well, okay. Cool. Well, to all of our listeners, uh, you can always find us persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast, uh, we're there. You can find us on YouTube. And as Sean mentioned earlier, um, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, What did you say, Sean, earlier? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just lost I my know. train of thought. Oh yeah. Please leave us some, uh, leave us a rating. Awesome. Yes. Some leave reviews. us a nice rating on there. We need those. We never ask for them. Most uh, that's our failure. We never ask you to yeah. give us good ratings. So please do that. Yeah. You're supposed to smash that like button like on YouTube. That's right. Um, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. You know what you're supposed to do. If you like a show, just do it. We <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have to ask. That's right. Hey, have a great weekend, and we'll see you all next week, uh, episode 320. All right. See ya. See ya.